Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Byte Show podcast. This is Jeremy Lamont channeling LeGrand Jolly for the Game Byte Show podcast. Uh, th- it is currently March 29th, 2018, and uh, I'm here with Dale Cannelder Jones. How's it going there, Dale? Check it out. Check my panning shot. This is all one single take. This is. It's like Battle Cam. This is amazing stuff. Touch of Evil got nothing on Dale Cannelder Jones. You ever seen Children of Men? It's just like this. I did see Children of Men. I can't remember much about it, but I, it seems like it was all right. It was very British. It's famous for its uh, protracted, um, like, no-cut uh, scene toward the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same, same with uh, Touch of Evil. Isn't it, wasn't it Touch of Evil is the one that has the big scene at the beginning where it kind of, like, goes down the street and goes through? Mm, I don't know what stuff. Touch of Evil is. Maybe. I thought, that, I thought it was famous for having, like, the longest continuous shot or something Could like be. that. I mean, at least for a long time. I don't know. Uh, but guess what, folks? Uh, you are listening right now to the longest continuous shot in all of cinema because our webcams run the entire time for this entire 30-minute game bite. Uh, We're here at the middle of the week to talk to you about the video games that we've been playing, and um, it is a masterwork of cinematography. A masterwork. Uh, and it's a master class. We want you to learn. Right. So, yeah. Podcasting 101. That's right. <laughs> we've been doing it so long and we've never gotten out of the 101 class. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, we are going to uh, delight and astonish you with uh, tales of the games that we've been playing for this week. Uh, I know that Dale's got quite a load of stuff to be talking about, so I'm going to go ahead and actually get started this time. Uh, I've actually played something that is pretty new. I uh, played it, uh, I think it was not even last week, but the week before. I, for some reason, I've been sitting on this one for a while. Hmm. Uh, I've actually played the game A Way Out, which, oh, really? uh, yeah, That's exactly. Great. You might remember, it, it's, it is really new. It actually came out on, like, the 23rd, I think, so just about, a, actually, I guess about a week ago. So that's probably why I didn't talk about it on the last podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, this is uh, famously the game that uh, I believe at the Video Game Awards, in fact, we actually talked about this on our Sunday right. show, I believe. Joseph uh, Ferris. Jo- Joseph Ferris, yeah, uh, who's a uh, writer and director. I think he's actually a comedian, I think, by, by trade. What? I actually saw somebody saying really? that he was, in a, in a past life, he, like, was some sort of, some sort of comedian. Hmm. Um, I guess maybe it's a different guy, but, uh, anyway, he sort of famously said that, that, uh, F the Oscars and, uh, you know, his game was going to be so great. And uh, he said a bunch of other crazy things to Jeff Keighley, who just sort of like, thought, didn't he stride. say something like, yeah, he doesn't care about gamers or something, <laughs> some kind of thing like that, something like that. Yeah. And they published this game. Yeah. So this is, this is an EA originals title and uh, launches at a budget price of $30. But the thing that is the most um, unique, I guess the, the the gimmick of this game is that it is a two-person prison escape game. And it can only be played by two people. You, you do not have any option to single play it because um, the things that you do are just too complicated. There's no AI just following you around. It's divergent paths uh, in the same prison break scenario and you need a human being there to, to kind of be your buddy. Uh, I wasn't actually sure what to make of this. In fact, the game turned out a little bit differently than, than what I thought. What I originally thought was that the game would be a series of prison break vignettes or something like that, like little... I guess I didn't really think of it as a narrative style game. It was just something where it's like, hey, breaking out of jail is pretty fun. Let's just do a bunch of those. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe it was because they breaking showed all the Breaking out of jail is hard of... to do is the theme song. 
breaking out of jail is hard to do. Um, but actually, it's not too bad because it's really just a series of, of QTEs, basically. It's not really too hard at all. I did it in, you know, a couple hours. Uh, no, but uh, the game actually is a narrative game and you play as a couple of actual characters. Uh, so you can play either as uh, Leo, who is a... Uh, he's got kind of some, some mutton chop haircuts, he's, he's got a little bit of a nose on him, and he's a sort of brash and action-oriented character. Um, I think he's supposed to be kind of Italian, sort of. Um, or you can play as Vincent, who also sounds Italian, but he's actually sort of a middle-aged, like, uh, goatee, beardy kind of dad character, I guess. Um, Are they and, both uh, brothers, right? Uh-huh. Like... No, no, they are not. No, they're not related. In fact, no. So you actually begin the game where um, you you actually can start by choosing. It sort of gives you like a little bit of a profile of each one. And as the two as the two players, you each have to choose which one of the two you're you're going to play as. Uh, And they both are in doing time for different things. Uh, Their sentences is their sentence is different and and that sort of thing. But uh, Vincent actually shows up to this prison and you sort of watch his action going on. In fact, actually, Dale, it's not too different from the Children of Men thing. You actually watch just this continuous... This It could almost be something that would be in like a little avant-garde cinema sort of thing. You actually watch actually kind of all the time. It's always split screen and they'll sometimes do interesting things where the, you know, it's either split down the middle or sometimes it could be split top to bottom and they'll always make like little cute transitions uh, when something important is happening. Like one of the characters will sort of just kind of be pushed off screen and then the, the entire... The screen real estate is is focused on one particular character's scenario or situation or whatever, and so they actually kind of do some some clever things. And of course, all the puzzles and the the action in the game and all all of the standard uh, prison stuff is there. I mean, you know, getting hosed down and and you know uh, prison yard fights and you know just all kinds of things. All all, all of that is here, um, but you you essentially find yourselves thrown together by by fate or by the writing of of Joseph Farah's. Uh, to to be uh, entwined together in an impetuous prison escape plan. And uh, that generally consists of... I mean, I know I mentioned a little bit earlier the series of vignettes, but basically as you go through this story, um, these guys are sort of thrown together and end up sort of complementing one another and helping each other to get through... Uh, you know, a day in the life in prison, but then also as they start to formulate this strategy to escape, uh, it, it takes two people. It takes two, baby. It takes two, <laughs> me and you. Uh, I just, I just want, I got to keep up with Dale sometimes. He, he does that. And what, but, uh, uh, is it set in the modern era or is it like what? Uh... So it's a little tricky to tell. And during the course of playing, so uh, my, my co-op partner and I were just sort of noticing a few different things. Like there are elements that seem, so for example, the, um, the the prison guards, you know, the ones who are sort of in their formal dress, have these hats, mm-hmm. and they're sort of they they sort of look like old style hats, not 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 like the round ones, but kind of like the um, I don't even know what you call them, the puffed up front kind kind of hat, the the you know kind of like Super Mario's hat, kind of has a you know just like the a, standard a police officer the front of hat, it. kind of, but but they don't really do that much anymore. I don't know, so it seemed old there, and there are situations where there are televisions that are sort of the old console type TVs. Mm. Um, people kind of wear high waisted pants, and and some of them have okay. like big afro so hair. This really is like Goodfellas era. I I kind of feel like so. At first, I thought it was older. At first, I was thinking sixties ish, uh, or or like really old. But I think I sort of settled on eventually. 
like the early 80s. But the thing is, it's not, it's it's almost like late 70s. It's it's really hard to tell. They never really come right out and say it. Mm, okay. um, but it's, it's sort of era indistinct, I guess. But it, you know, because like I said, even Leo's got those those mutton chops. And I don't know many people who, who run around with those anymore. So at first I was like, oh yeah, this guy's like a, you know, uh, leader of the pack style 1950s kind of thing. But then there's stuff that's like, okay, that's sort of more modern. It's a little hard to tell. It's a great question. And even playing throughout the entire thing, I think the best I could do was I pegged it for like early 80s is sort of what I what I got to. Um, but the era itself isn't really too important because you spend a lot of time in the jail. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's not, not, not a lot of cultural references, uh, inside prison. Um, and, and the thing is that I want to be really careful talking about this because it does take some turns that they didn't really talk about. It wasn't in any of the previews. Um, but I will say that generally speaking, the way that they have the two players interact with one another, both... Um, physically in contact, for example, one of them giving the other one an alley-oop up to a place that, you know, one person wouldn't be able to reach, that, that, you know, they do those kinds of things. But they also do things like one person is sort of on the lookout for stuff to happen while the other character has to do QTEs or something to, to, you know, to get some things done. Um, And generally speaking, there's only so much you can do with a QTE, right? You're either going to be, like, jamming a button or, like, twiddling a thumbstick or something like that. But the way that that is manifest in the game typically seems like really kind of clever. It's, um, you know, you generally are doing things that, um, you know, feel analogous to, to the action on screen. So hitting a button isn't always just like, um, you know, it, it's, it, it doesn't seem like they chose things randomly. They, they, I think we've come far enough in the development of QTEs and the evolution of quick time events that, um, they're pretty smart about it for the most part. Uh, I was pretty impressed by the character rigging and animation. This is this is sort of a I want to call it a mid tier like double A kind of game. It, it reminds me really quite a bit Sounds of right. um, yeah, a little bit like Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. If you played that, isn't one. this the same development studio? I don't think so because I'm pretty sure that was um, that was what's their faces who did the Dark Athena um, Starbreeze Star Starbreeze yeah so uh, but but it's sort of and it's not so much that it's it's like Brothers except that it's kind of in that budget range it has decent production value you know what it also reminds me of is Spec Ops the Line a little bit where it's like they kind of use a lot of middleware a lot of pre-existing uh, tech but they just do a real good job with it I think. Um, one thing in the production that is a little bit so brothers uh, was directed by Joseph Ferris from oh uh, how about that yeah so I, I guess he must have split off um, after that and how about that unless I because I mean I don't know who's who's the developer studio credited for uh it uh, is it is it is it is does not say here where I was looking he must have gone like indie or something. Yeah, that that could be. That could be. Um, I'd probably recognize it if I saw it. Um, anyhow, anyhow. Um, so it, it is um, more or less a directed sort of game, so you don't really have a lot of agency as far as 
where you're going to go. It's not like an open world, you know, come up with clever things of your own to, to get out of prison or to, or to, you know, to do actions in the game. It is pretty well directed, but you do have, I mean, generally speaking, uh, both Vincent and Leo occupy the same space. So you can sort of choose who there is a little bit of a, like, okay, I'll, you go over here and do this and then I'll, I'll figure so out this not thing like, over here. It's not like this character is skinny so he can squeeze through the thing. Correct. And... Correct. In fact, generally speaking, as far as I could tell, Almost every action could be completed by either of the characters, okay. uh, with one exception. There is some dialogue in this, and if one person talks to a character, th th sometimes you'll be given options about how do you want to approach this, and there will be situations where the two players kind of need to agree, are we going to do this Leo's way, or are we going to do this Vincent's way? Uh, Leo's way is usually I'm going to punch someone, and Vincent usually will take some clever, you know, some, some clever way about it. But you can sort of choose that. So again, the, the, the players get to kind of decide, well, you know what, it's time to start wrecking some house, or you know what, maybe so now's not a good time. Which one is the one that looks like Julian from Trailer Park Boys? Uh, you're going to have to be a little more specific than that. So, uh, Leo the, has the, the, the sideburns. The, the, like the stockier guy, that's Leo? Uh, that No, that's Vincent. That's Vincent. So Vincent has the, the, yeah, the brown hair and the goatee. Okay. Uh, kind of the dad, daddy sort of character that I was talking about. Um, and he is, uh, he's the, the, the sort of more thoughtful person, uh, oh, really? you know, he, okay. he kind of, uh, yeah, he approaches things a little less. Yeah, just like, uh, Julian and, in Trailer Park Boys. Could be. Because Ricky is the, uh, impulsive one. Ah, uh, I see. So, the, yeah, so Vincent is the Julian, Ricky is Leo, if that <laughs> helps someone out. Yeah, totally. Um. Who's, who's the, Bubbles? <laughs> Uh, you know, Bubbles does not appear in this movie, oh, man. in this game. Oh, well. No, it's too bad. Yeah. Uh, so let's see what else about this. Um, the other thing is that there is a, um, I'm just going to say this. There is a life in this game, uh, beyond what your expectations are. Um, like I said, I, I came to this game thinking that it was going to be just a bunch of, you know, kind of disconnected, disjointed prison escape scenarios. It is not that. There is a story. It has a beginning and a conclusion. Um, Wait, it so is very much... Can you... Can you mm -hmm. I guess if... Don't spoil it if it's a huge deal, but like, uh -huh. do you... I'm assuming you get out of the prison at some point. <laughs> is yes. that like... Yes, you do. In the first third? In the first half? Yeah, I, I would first... say it's in the first third. Okay. Yeah. All right. It is in the first third. So you get out and then a lot... Because once you get out of prison, what are you going to do? Gotta, you got to not go... You got to get far You got to not go back to prison. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You got you to gotta not go back to prison. So there is a lot of that. And that was that was the first thing that I didn't expect. Because like I said, I wasn't sure for a long time. I mean, I guess I sort of... Here's the other thing about it is that the story overall by the time you're done... Um, you, you'd probably look back and say, yeah, you know, there was nothing really like stellar as far as writing or scenario that I, that I couldn't have predicted, but I just found myself while playing the game to be so engrossed in it that I wasn't really thinking about where it was going to go. And it goes, it goes some weird places. Hmm. Um, maybe not weird, but it goes, it goes some surprising places. Okay. Um, and uh, and just all in all, I mean, it was about seven or eight hours, so I played it over the course of a couple of sittings. Uh, and here's the other thing about it. So if you if you uh, buy the game, so again, like I said, the game is thirty bucks. Uh, the other person can play it for free. So one did person you have, buys the game, and you had more than one sitting. Mm -hmm. Was it the same person, or did you have to? It was. Okay. Yeah, we we planned it so out consistently. Mm -hmm. Yep, it was one evening. All right, that's good. And then the next morning, yeah, and we played the same characters, and it was a good. And and that really, I think, is the way to play this game. It's. You know, you'll, you'll just kind of want to pick a character that either fits your style or you just kind of like the character. And I would say stick with it and make a plan to dedicate, you know, seven or eight hours, something like that.
like that over the course of however long. Uh, and it really is a, a really good experience. And by the end, it's like, wow, that was really cool. So, uh, you know, Joseph Ferris uh, actually did, you know, did he did make good. Uh, he actually did a pretty good job with this. And um, in general, so the other thing too, like I was saying, is $30 is the price tag on this, but with a friend, that's two people, and you you must play it with two people. So it's kind of like fifteen bucks if you want to go in with someone and and play that way. Uh, the 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 person who does not own the game, the person who doesn't purchase it, can download the demo. But it's not really truly a demo because you can't play the demo by yourself either. What the demo actually is is it's a, um, a kind of a client of the main game, so to speak. So you <laughs> load it up, your other person loads it up. You do an invite, get joined, and then you play the game, and that's how it works. Oh, okay. So you can um, you can use the demo if you're not the person who bought the game to play with correct the okay. to play with somebody who did. Yes, that's exactly correct. Yep. Uh, and then I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, that's uh, I mean that's more or less the the thing of it. Um, the checkpoints. So there there is death. You can fail in this. Uh, the checkpoints are fairly forgiving, but not totally. You know, it's. Yeah, there are some moments of frustration if you if you fail out. Uh, there's combat. So the combat is a, a lot of, again, more QTEs for the most part. Um, and they generally do a pretty good job telling a good story, with the only exception that, for some reason, at various points throughout this game, they decided that they wanted to add some little time-wasting things, like mini-games and stuff like that. And in the same spirit of, I gotta save the universe... But oh, by the way, I've got all these side quests. I got one of these Cracker Barrel uh, peg jump puzzles. I e- exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Know. And I'm not sure why they did it. Um, I mean, it's kind of fun sometimes because, you know, you can kind of compete with each other a little bit. And it's it's kind of dumb because it's like, all right, we've got this thing that is really immediately urgent. <laughs> Let's do it. No, no. I've got to see how long I can balance on... The cops can't take us on... back to jail while I'm doing this puzzle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know what, everybody just sit tight for a minute. I got this. Um, so that that was a little weird, but uh, generally speaking, uh, quite good, and uh, I'm actually really glad that I played it. Uh, replayability, there may be some, especially if you play as the other character. It might be kind of fun, because you can only play through it for the first time once, right? Mm. It might be kind of fun, though if you've got the game to invite someone else and play along with them having having gone through it. Uh, and there are it's, some... It's too long for a single sitting, though, you would say? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Unless you've got, like, a whole day in front of you, which, you know, I mean, it, it might be a good... I mean, for me, it was, you know, a decent date game. And, uh, it, you know, it actually was, was quite a lot of fun. And I think, uh, you know, especially considering cool. the way the way the game turns out is... Uh, they fall in love? There's big kiss. Oh, big man, kiss that's... right at the end. Oh, that's yeah. Good. They're, they're going to rub their mutton chops and beards and everything all what together. Was I, I, I was uh, thinking just uh, something you said a little while ago reminded me of something, but now I can't think of what it was. Um, uh, well, it, anyway. you know, there's... There, there are a lot of references. I mean, it's, you know, prison escape. So there's a lot of stuff there that it's like, oh, yeah, this is in one of those kinds of stories. Cool. And, oh, hey, now Luke. they're on the lamb. And this is, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so for the price tag, which, I mean, we've talked about things like Hellblade, which came out as a half price game. Uh, like I said, good production value and interesting idea. I would give this a recommend if you've got somebody to play it with. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't... Here's the thing. If you don't have somebody that you can finagle into playing with it, that's the only real problem I can see is that you can't play it by yourself. So make arrangements in advance to decide to play this game with someone and go the distance and enjoy it because it's great. It's a really good game. Yeah, maybe it's like it's kind of like a litmus test. Like if your commitment to playing the game 
um, is not strong enough to actually sit down and play the game, then you wouldn't be able to pass the challenges anyway. That's probably, yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. It would be a shame, though. Like, I, I feel like, in general, if you start playing this, it, it has a really good pace. Like, it feels very movie-like, you know? It feels like it, it could have been a... Um, I don't even know who would make a movie like this, but it, it, yeah. it's something like that. So I feel like if once you get started, it will draw you along, and I think me, you'll be pretty you compelled to go through. Let me give you a real-life emoji here. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's that's a good one. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that is the biggest, shiniest eggplant yeah. I think I've ever seen. Indeed. Excellent, Dale. Excellent. Dale, what have you been playing this week? Uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, so it's been a couple of weeks since I was on, right? So I, I was not here last week. Um, so I wanted to just kind of quickly go back and mention that I did end up wrapping up um, Deus Ex Human Revolution. And, oh, yeah. Um, overall... What do you think of that ending? Uh, uh, you know, it was just kind of so-so, really. Like Which the, button did you press? The ending, specifically. I, pr- I think it was the middle button. It's the one where oh, like good, you go public with all the conspiracy stuff. And, um, and then it's like, you like, leave it up to the public to decide, um, you know, oh, that's, in the, that's in the, the worst public ending. forum, do we go for, forward with the augmentation technologies or not? Um, they're just going to argue about it on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that, <laughs> but it, otherwise it was like your boss, David Seraph's, uh, sort of like, what was his plan? It was like to, to blame someone else. And, and then, yeah, you know, there was, and then the other guy was like, the other guy wanted to, um, oh, he wanted to, to blame, he was the creator of the augmentation technology, and he had decided that he wanted to destroy it, that it must not happen. Um, and then the, the the one that I chose was obviously just like, you know, let all the conspiracy stuff come to light and let the public hmm. know. But then there was a fourth option that you could apparently do, which is like, blow up this whole secret base and nobody will ever Kill know. everyone. Yeah. Um, Anyway, enough about the ending. Like, I just thought the whole game overall was a little bit underwhelming, but it was hmm. it was like it was that sort of like lukewarm, sort of tepid style of game that it was like, well, I might as well just keep. I, I've played this much. I might as well just finish it. <laughs> There's no sunk cost fallacy in video yeah. games. Yeah, and and I played every bit of that game. I played even the you know I I will mention the missing link DLC which I played through in sequence in the game because I was playing the. Mm-hmm. Um, director's cut version that mm-hmm. uh that was interesting that was kind of a cool little aside from the game it was it actually reminded me of the first chapter of metal gear solid 2 um because it's, yeah. it's set on yeah, a yeah. tanker ship basically a very very self-contained little area yeah um the one part i had the problem i had with that was that the um the dlc so you start on a tank and you end up on a like an oil platform sort of place out in the ocean uh, and toward the end of that you actually have to do quite a bit of backtracking between two or three areas like several times and it was just kind of annoying um but um but you do learn your way around pretty quick yeah you, you end up having to for sure um anyway that was deus did, did you end up uh, I, this is one thing i wasn't sure about does it let you respec everything for that it does that yeah so what happens yeah. is um at the beginning of the DLC, all of your augmentations are taken away, and then you kind of get most of them. You don't get them all back in time, because what happens is you don't get that many Praxis points back. But then at the end of that, once you go back into the main game, um, you get all of your Praxis points that you had earned before refunded to you. And, right, um, so it's like it never And so it's, it's like a respec, basically. Um, but anyway, I mean, I, by the end of the game, you end up with 
enough points to buy everything you wanted anyway. So it's not like hmm. not a big deal. Um, right. Let me go next to uh, a new game, the newer game, the newest game uh, on here that I've been playing. We went, we um, went all the way from the new game to the newer game to the newest yeah. game. Because the other ones are old. Um, yeah. But uh, so I, I decided to check out Fortnite Battle Royale. Whoa! And, uh, you know, just to see what the what the zeitgeist is all about. Wow, that's uh, that that Drake and Ninja stream oh, yeah, really got totally, under your skin, totally didn't it? Did it. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's it, I don't I don't know really what to say about it other than like it's it, it, to some degree I'm kind of like, well, what's the fuss about? Because at its heart, it's just kind of a it's like a, a death match but stretched out over a longer period of time and you only get one right. life kind of thing. And kind of, and, I mean, and that's, that's really simplifying it. Right. But that's basically what it is. I mean, you're playing a repeatable or you could even say it's like a roguelike, right? It's like a, it's one of those like repeatable run games where you, you know, you fall in, uh, you, you skydive in and uh, you choose your place. You're going to scout out for resources. You gather up what you can find. It's, it's almost like it's randomly generated, right? Uh, you right, scrounge right. for stuff and then you, you basically try to get in as far as into the, quote unquote dungeon as you can. Um, right. And, and then you die and you start over. Right. And the idea is that you, over time you get better and better at the game and maybe eventually you win the game. And, and that's basically all there is to it. There's not like, um, well, I mean, you've just described almost all video games. Right. You exactly. Just do it over right. And, and so, yeah, <laughs> but so that's what, what this and a lot of other, you know, mostly multiplayer games do is they, they boil it down to, to like a reduction of the video game's strongest, tastiest, most delicious parts, right? right and so right. so you, you kind of, um, it does away with uh, some of the, like, like I think I mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about Deus Ex that I just didn't uh-huh. really care for the story. And so in, in that situation, having just like the pure mechanics sometimes is a good thing, right? Um and with Fortnite, it's obviously, or with with the battle royale, I should say, it's um, just clearly like a really good, solid um, multiplayer, repeatable game, right? It's not it's not something that you're gonna like think about a plot development in, because obviously there's no story, right? There's no, not even a whole right, lot of progression in any real sense. Um, I guess, if but, you... but here's the, here's the here's the flip side of that coin, though. There's not a um, there's not a predetermined narrative, right? But one thing that happens a lot when you play that game, and and I guess in some way, maybe maybe all kind of non-story games. I mean, I, you're you're sort of making your own story, though. It's and, and I know that's the sound, story that of any dumb. multiplayer sort of deathmatch well, thing. But I I think there's more to it though, because because the thing about this is there is a little bit of I think there's something to the the scale of it, the fact that it's drawn out over a certain period of time. Yeah, it's it's that um, it's like it, you just said, there's more to it. There's literally more to it because right. one match is going to so, take you twenty minutes or something, right? So for example, like I'll be like, oh, this house looks like a great place to hunker down, and I'll just like go in there and like hide out and like plan. Okay, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? You see, you hear people getting shot all around you, and like you know, 
guys are getting killed up on the scoreboard and you're like, okay, okay, the storm is moving in and it's a little different now than it was last time. Okay. What's over there. All right. I know that town is over there. All right. I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, so, so there's more, it's not just, it's not the same thing as like a quake, you know, where it's just like, get in and I'm going to turn that corner and shoot someone. And I'm going to go really fast and we're going to do the, Oh, I died. Okay. Do it again. There, it seems like you build a little bit, you know, more like FTL or something like that, right? Where it's like, okay, this is going to be the time. This is going to be the time. I got this shotgun. I got this health potion. I'm set. I'm set. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to build this. I'm going to, you know, do you, do you get what I'm I saying? I mean, it, I don't know. So if... I see it more as like a compression and stretching sort of thing. So we're like a, like a match of Counter-Strike or Call of Duty or Quake or something. It's very much compressed into a short amount of time and a, a quick burst of action. A match a small of space. Fortnite or, or PUBG or whatever, um, you know, unless you die right away, is gonna it's gonna take that probably that same amount or even less action, but it's gonna be right. it's gonna be dispersed out way way more sparsely in the, yeah. the time, and so that's actually um, that kind of brings me to my my other observation on this format of game is that. Uh-huh. In a way, there's really a lot of downtime. If you think of if you think of downtime as, so I've got my stuff and I need to. I just basically need to traverse the map to get to the to the circle or whatever. Right. And there's not there's something happening in, in that there's like tension of having to move and and watch for other people. And and what's going to happen when you decide to go from point A to point yeah, B? Yeah, but if you're in it for like the gun combat. There's not a lot of that in each match, unless you're like really good at it and you're quick right. about finding other people, right? Right. Um, you're more than likely gonna um, creep along and have kind of a slow and deliberate time, and then it's gonna be over in ten seconds. <laughs> it, it builds a little bit of tension, though. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing. I don't think you get that same tension with just straight up death match. No, because you're more constantly like, running around. I'm shooting people. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm shooting people. I'm dead. I'm shooting exactly. people. Exactly. Whereas with this, every match has just enough of a of like a stake that you build into it. You're like, okay, now I've got this. I've got my little my little scraps of of materials that I found. All right, okay, I'm gonna build on this. And I think it's like just a a really good combination of risk and reward and randomness that that I think come together to make every match. It it makes it so that no matter what happens to you in a given match, you kind of are ready to jump in and, and try it again. I mean, I, I don't know if you felt any draw to the game by the time you were done with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean how, how much did you play? I think I've played about twenty six matches or something. Wow, a decent That's amount, kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh yeah no it's it's good it's just it's a type of thing where i wouldn't want to play it like every day i wouldn't want to play it for like 10 matches in a row usually it's it's right and right. there's another thing you can do is you can kind of modulate the experience you have by deciding where to to parachute into right yeah so yes. what i've been doing a lot and and on the so i've managed to get in the top 10 like a number of times and when I have been able to get that far, basically it's be, it's been because I waited and, and parachuted into a place where there was no one else. No and one else I was there. Scrounged right. up stuff and and a lot of times it would be like when I had to walk clear across the map to get to the circle. It's because right. there's just not a lot of pe- you don't run into a lot of people in matches like that. And, and it's a viable strategy too. Like let them kill each other yeah. off, and maybe I can get the drop on whoever's yeah. left. And I think the the, yeah. the highest I've gotten was like fifth place, and in that in that game, I think I killed two other people. 
Um, yeah, right, right. So it was like I got the drop on a, a couple of people, and that got me like pretty high up. Right, exactly, um, exactly. And but then other times I was like, well, uh, you know, um, I haven't been to this place. I, I just want to go there. I don't care who else dropping it. And there'll be like a bunch of other people going to that place, and then. I've killed people with my axe before <laughs> and then I've gotten killed like right off the bat by somebody who grabbed the gun first thing and I didn't have one. And just yet. happened to get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's kind of, that's, that's probably a, a, I would say a point in the, the game modes favor is that you can kind of self-determine the experience to some degree, but then right, it's right. also the sort of double edged sword because if you're too, um, maybe, I don't know, cautious. If you're overly cautious, you might end up right. slowing the game down for yourself. Right, um, right. I think it's cool. Did you ever get into any building or anything? Did you build any structure? Yeah, I've messed around with it just a little bit, but um, I I don't know. I, I Maybe so maybe PUBG would be better fit because I don't, I'm not all that interested in the building aspect. And I think maybe right. for this game, it's a little bit too, um, it's a little bit too good to not do, I think. Hmm. Um, so I'm not sure. I, you know what you need? Someone who's getting into the top 10 solo, you need a good team. Yeah. And I know just the three <laughs> or four other guys. Yeah, we could we could work something out sometime. Um, we should we should do that. But I'll tell you what I really need is like Blizzard to drop this mode into Overwatch or uh, that's the next thing. So is, do you want do you want a glimpse into the future? Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's this. It's going to be a battle royale with uh, hero characters. Uh, yeah. Battle Royale yeah, with a ton of heroes. Or, or with character classes, you know. It's right. Team Fortress 2, but Battle Royale. Right. Nobody steal our idea. Game by uh, show. Oh, that's, it's coming out tomorrow. There, there was probably one that came out yesterday. Um, we Damn just it. haven't found it yet. Um, Damn it. But uh, more than anything, it's just that... So I think... Because uh, well, what was the first one of these? Was it the... F H one Z one or was it even yeah something it was some, that? something like that I mean it was, PUBG was pretty close it seems but to they're me like their, they're probably they're getting their lunch eaten getting closer and closer and closer to the experience that I want um, huh. and I think Fortnite is really good but I question the utility of the building stuff because I'm not all that interested in it right uh, until until you watch someone do it because I was like oh, oh that's seen, kind of interesting but then I I've seen the yeah I've seen exactly. the best guy ever right or whatever and exactly. no I, I mean it seems like it's. I guess I can't have a the optimal experience without taking part in the building stuff, which is right. it's like like with Minecraft. I've always said Minecraft. I've never cared at all about the building. I just wanted to explore, right? So right, eventually, right. another game will come out that is a, is just a little bit better fit, and and I could see myself right. getting into that quite a bit. It, isn't it kind of interesting? The last new genre before I would say this would be like MOBAs, MOBAs right? Yeah. And then now this is well, there's the also thing, the, I would say the rise we... of the digital card game as well. That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Although I don't know, that's not exactly new. I think it just really kind of got popular. This this I think is kind of a newish sort of thing. I mean, it's a very specific. It's a very much it, it's a very it's, specific it's thing. It's all old ingredients, but arranged in, right. a sl- in a newer way right you know what i mean right um yeah i do yeah it's it's cool though and i i have been playing it a little bit more um just because nice. i guess it's maybe the it's it's maybe the only multiplayer game i have installed at the moment so <laughs> um, you you're a guy i want to play a battle royale game with i'm just kind of curious to see how you yeah how, I, how you how your how your clock ticks i don't know because i have i've only been playing solo and and that's one thing i appreciate is that it's there is a mode that's solo only because I was accidentally right. queued in 
squad play a few times mm-hmm. and every time i would fight somebody i would get ganked by their squad partners right and it was it was like <laughs> oh i need to get in the solo mode um lone wolf i i, I kind of feel bad i've been missing out on like the 20 v 20 v you know so on uh because i bet that's interesting like those little things especially fortnite specifically doing team kills in that mode or what like uh, I don't really know. I mean, I haven't played yeah. it, but I, just just in it in in the same spirit of taking old parts and mixing them new, they're also remixing just the idea of of battle royale mode and doing some other things with it. And I think that's kind of cool yeah. too. But I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe more than anything, I was just kind of a little bit surprised at how basic, how simple it was, and how just kind of it's it's really well done. I, I one thing I actually really like is the world and just how it's bright and open and kind of colorful and cheery right and, um, right yeah it's got a good good look to and it and everyone's a little cartoony a little yeah I don't, I don't mind the character designs i, I noticed um that uh the skins that you get so i've gotten some skins from being like a prime member or whatever like mm-hmm. the the thing i don't like about them is that they're permanent basically it's like i mean you can change out of them but what i mean is that if you don't have a skin on your character model rotates between what like five or six different ones yeah right? just different kind of and people, i kind of yeah. like just having a different person every time right right so you're not always looking at the same thing um right right yeah anyway enough about Fortnite. um i can say i'm just surprised that you were you had that much to say about it i sort of half i would have expected you to have been like nah not for that's me. an interesting but, thing i mean it's it's kind of a commentary on the whole phenomenon between this and, and PUBG and whatever else it's um but you know it's it's an interesting thing that has definitely emerged over the last year or so and this is the top of the pile right now um and and it's free right so i figured oh well, right. i'll check it out and uh you know exactly um that's how i got into dota to begin with which it's been a, a really long time since i've been able to play dota i think it's okay to leave that uh, one in the past. yeah I, I've pr- once the kids are off to college i think i can probably go back <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but in the meantime, I've been making myself busy with a few other things. So I got around to um, Q week in my backlog scouring mode. And um, next up in the, in the Q section uh, was uh, the first official mission pack for Quake, which is titled Scourge of Armagon. And um, first as in like 1990s or yeah like yeah well yeah this is so so quake 1996 released from id software uh it had two like officially licensed and sanctioned um level packs that were not developed by id but i guess published by id or whatever uh, and so the first one this one scourge of armagon um it was developed by because i know that there, the second one was was like raven software or the people that would go on to be mm-hmm. raven software yeah, there were, uh, I mean, like Gearbox started doing add-ons. So this one for, is, uh, was done by Ritual Entertainment, which I'm not sure. Uh, looks like they went and did, sent, they did a Sin episode and they did Delta Force something or other. Man, those are some 90s games. Yeah, yeah, this, this one this one totally is. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's an additional episode of missions for the first Quake game, which I, I think Quake is probably up there in my like all-time favorite games um you know i i've traditionally i've only really ever thought of like a top three favorite ever games or whatever starting and this has been like since 15 years ago so they're all like 20 year old games at this point (laughs) but if i look back like now and just take honest stock of like all of my favorite games i think quake is definitely probably like top 10 material um just because I, I don't know, it's it's one of those. I got this weird attraction to like 
Diablo, Quake, Castlevania, sort of um, horror, gothic, uh, right, things like, like that. And, yeah. um, and 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 Doom actually is probably another one that I really like. But I, I think I like Quake even more than I like Doom. Um, it's so good. But also, Quake the game just feels like nothing else to play. It's just so clean and so fast. And like load up Quake these days, and it's just like. It just it makes you question, like, what are they doing with first-person shooters these days? Right. Because you move at, like, even, you know, Fortnite or especially something like Destiny or even Overwatch. It's like your movement speed is really low. And, right. Um, well, I, I think we got really – we sort of fell in love with the idea of having weight to, to things. Because, I, yeah. I, I mean, before that, things were more maybe floaty or glidey or, you know, You're just rocketing whatever. around in Quake. It's it's yeah. almost like you're on rollerblades or something all the time. And right. It's, um, <laughs> And it's weird because it's the maybe the first one of the first first person shooters to give you 3D environments and like mouse look and and like full on mouse controls and everything right, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and it's still like just feels like one of the best ones there is. It's just amazing, and the the levels mm. are huge and and you know um, they make really good use of the 3D space in in that they have a lot of verticality a lot of times. They have a lot mm-hmm. of sort of maze-like layouts where they double back on themselves and do interesting things. And like, you've seen that, that um, image that people sometimes post about like first person shooter level design in 1993 versus 2013 or whatever. And it's like, right. it's like a doom map versus like a hallway with a couple of corners and, and three cutscenes. Right, right. <laughs> um, it's, it really is that just sort of design sensibility. Um, and so anyway, Quake Scourge of Armagon, uh, it's just more, just more levels, and uh, so far they're all pretty good. I'm on like the third or fourth one, and the one I'm on right now is like a mine shaft, and it's like this whole mine mining operation that is in effect, and you go from place to place, and you know flip switches, and then other parts of the level open and stuff. It's you know it's fairly basic, right. but it's it's, a, it's maybe like a half step up above in terms of sophistication. Of what was I was on just going to ask, like how it compares to the the main game. Yeah, it's it, you can tell that they were trying new things. They added a few weapons. They added a few enemy types. They added a few new, um, like a, a force field shield door that you can see through, but you can't get through until you open something up. You know, you know stuff that wasn't in the original game that they were clearly trying to add on to. Um, right. And it's really cool. And it also got me. So I went back and I I you know, just played some of the original levels because they're some of my favorites, but also the um, mission pack that um, machine games did about a year and a half or so ago for the 20th anniversary of quake on 2016. So they did that thing called dopa, right? Do you remember that? I do not. So it was machine games. It was just after they had put out uh, Wolfenstein, the new order and they uh-huh. did an episode of Quake Levels to celebrate the 20th anniversary, and it was called DOPA, D-O-P-A, and it stood for like Dominions of Dimensions of the Past or something like that. And it was just a full-on episode of like 16 or eight or 16 Quake Levels, um, but made you know in the modern era by a functioning game studio, um, and it was it was awesome. So I played some more of that as well. And just totally got my uh, Quake rocks off here. It was, it was amazing. How about that? <laughs> and um, even the, the best part about it is with the modern like Steam version of the game, if you put your old mm-hmm. CD in, it still plays the Nine Inch Nails m- music from the soundtrack. Nice. Off of your CD player. Nice. Or off your CD player, <laughs> which is wicked. Nice. Track, 
track two or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's track two through, you know, whatever. Um, right, right. Uh, so Quake rules, right? Uh, Quake rules, <laughs> confirm. Another, so I've been messing around with a couple of other things too. Um, I've been playing some Tactics Ogre and I was thinking, you know, I want to play this on my TV. So I picked up a PlayStation Vita TV or just, I think it's just PlayStation TV in the US. Dale, uh, PSC. my son. And this thing's awesome. It's, I mean, it's all it is is a Vita that you put on your TV, basically. Even the um, the UI is just the Vita stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like the guts of it. So the thing physically is like the guts of a Vita. There's no display, yeah. no controls. It's like a tiny little box. That's all it is. It is, and it just it's has HDMI. Really tiny. Like I thought. It is. I was expecting it to be like probably four or five times the size of how it, how big it actually is. Yeah. Like nope. um, it's a, it's a micro console. I thought it was going to be like maybe the size of like a a router or something. You know. Uh, but right. it's tiny. It's like half the size of a iPhone six or something. Easily the palm of your hand. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I hooked that up, and I. I'm curious, real quick though, how hard did you have to look to find that? Well, I wasn't was able a... to find it at the twenty dollar price that they were going for. Um, but it wasn't hard to find one at all. I just I just went on eBay. I should have got a couple extra ones of those. I feel like I should. Uh, yeah, I, I had to pay considerably more than $20, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But uh, It'll be worth it. It'll be worth uh, it. I, I really like it. It's cool. And you know, the the thing I didn't realize, though, um, but which has actually kind of fell in my favor, was that um, its onboard memory is, is like 32 megabytes or <laughs> some ridiculously small. Oh, yeah, you can't. It's not for games. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's only for the OS, basically. Um and so I was thinking, oh, crap, I don't – and then I was like, well, I have a memory card in the Vita. I'll just pull that out and, p- yep. and put it in there, and, and yep. voila, it's all there. Yep. I, I, was, yep. I thought I was going to have to, like, re-download the games, f- figure yep. out a way to transfer my save through the PS3 somehow, and then onto yep. a card, and then all this other, other the crap. Only thing, the only thing that you sometimes need to do is, well, it's only if you have multiple memory cards, I guess, which sometimes I'll use the PS Plus upload to put something on the cloud and then bring it down if I'm moving to the See, I don't have PS card. Plus, so I was like, am I going to have to... Uh... And I was even to the point where I was like, I'm comfortable restarting the game just to play it on the TV if I have to. Um, Tactics Ogre, you were going to restart it? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, listen, I got well, all the time to, in the world so to I guess it's... this game. <laughs> it's been yeah, seven right. years already or how, whatever, you know. Um, right. And, but no, it works. I just pop the memory card out from one and into the other. And it's that's actually cool because I wanted to play it yesterday, but we had company over, like other kids, and they were using the TV and stuff. And I was like, well, All I'll right. just take the memory card, pop it back in the Vita, and go to town. And um, so, yeah, no, I'm loving it so far. It's great. It's uh, nice. It's, it's cool. It's cool to have the have that option, right? It's it's you know what it's almost like. It's almost like a switch. Where you could go it's mobile better than a Switch Dale. Have you? You can da- all <laughs> of your all like of your content, your PSP games, your, yeah, your PS One games, games your Vita games. Mm-hmm. Go to hell, Switch. No, Switch is still cool. It's just not. It's just no Vita. Let's just yeah. It's, we'll be honest it's, about it's, it. It's like the spiritual successor to the Vita. It it is a little bit, but not quite as good. But um, unfortunately, anyway, in terms of tactics, ogre, I am well into the final chapter of the game now. So. I, in fact, I looked it up in a in a fact because I was curious. Like, well, how much like, is there? Five chapters of this game? Is there six? It's, no, there's only four. It turns out, uh, and I'm I'm into huh. chapter four. And um, I I looked up actually like the the actual count of um, uh, story crucial missions that I have left, like battles. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I think there's only like ten or twelve 
like um, critical path ones left. Although there's who knows how many um, optional like dungeon style things you can go and do. Um, huh. But uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm well into chapter four, and uh, I think I will actually end up finishing this game. I don't know if I'll do it in oh, this man. run, but uh, it's I can see the end of the tunnel. It's it's yeah, I can see that pinprick of light at this point. I want to finish that game. Um, I want to follow in your. You know what I've had to do actually because of the weird way that the job systems, the the job, the jobs all level up when you get XP. Is I've had to really consolidate from from having like all of my twelve guys each their own separate job. Um, uh-huh. I've had to actually really consolidate down to where I'm only taking like four or five jobs, and and I'll have I'll have like three archers and three knights and three warriors, and then. Um, Canopus is is a Vartan. He's like the winged guy, and then right, right. Uh, there's a couple of other people that have their own like kind of only for them class levels classes, and they kind of throw the math out a, a little bit. But um, basically, yeah, what what I've tried to do is try to select a few really useful classes and then double and triple up so that the because the XP is parceled out by class and not by character it's the skill points that are parceled out by character so and those are two separate things right um Mm -hmm. and what you really got to be careful of is the the xp especially because what i've ended up now with is a couple of classes that are like level two or three that it's just it's going to be nearly impossible to do anything with those unless i spend a whole lot of time grinding and like have the level two guy just wait in the corner and have everybody else kill the, the monsters right and that's no fun because it's like they're never the ones who are yeah yeah and 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 even though they do um they do get a handicap in terms of XP based on so like when they parcel out the XP say you got five classes it's it's not just a straight divide by five they do take into account the current levels and then the the guys who are far behind they'll give them more XP so that they can kind right of they'll rubber band them but it's yeah. not like you know. It, It'd be awesome if they would just let me choose where to dump all the XP, and then I could just fight one battle right. and get a guy totally up to speed. And like, yep, dump it all into yeah. him. Yeah, or yep. better yet, just do away with levels altogether and only have skill points or something like that. You know, but mm. um, interesting idea. Anyway, uh, and then there's one other thing I wanted to mention here also. So the the actual kind of spiritual successor to Tactics Ogre was Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, which is another one of my favorite games ever. And um, the problem with Final Fantasy Tactics is that um, if you play the original, uh, it functions great, right? Uh, it has a few little. But you can't tell what you can't tell what's going on. Yeah, but the the <laughs> translation is just atrocious, right? right. Uh, it makes little sense to no, to none, <laughs> and and it's just really bad. And but then it, this, the problem is sort of compounded by the fact that they re-release the game later on with an excellent retranslation. Yeah, we're but that one has a whole bunch of technical issues where they have like stretched the aspect ratio. They have um, the emulation is really bad, so that um, all of the animations and things are done at basically like half speed or whatever. Oh, oh, you're you're not talking about the War of the Lions? No, I am. Right? I am. Yeah. Oh, that really? One. I didn't realize that was a big technical. Yeah. Problem. Well, it's the type of thing that you don't notice unless you see them side by side. So I played all the way through the War of the Lions version, and I just got accustomed to it taking you know like ten seconds for Knight Sword hmm. to ex- execute or whatever it is. Um, but if you if you watch the PSX version side by side, it's everything mm-hmm. plays out much much faster. 
And it hmm. maintains the proper aspect ratio. It doesn't do like a cheesy zoom in thing that um, that the World of the Lions version does. So there, I mean, there are there are pluses and minuses to both of these. But what I'm getting at is that I found a super secret way to on your PC combine the best of both worlds and play the original run of the game with the new translation. Do tell. And um, well, it involves five things that you got to go and get. Oh, I can't do that. Uh, that's, that's about like four. That's about four things too many. Yeah, yeah. And you can only carry one at a time, so you got to go and get it and bring it back, and then go get the other one and bring it back. It's it's a real pain in the yeah. ass quest. But oh, man. basically, it requires an ISO of of the Final Fantasy Tactics game. It requires a fan made patch. It requires a thing to apply the patch to the ISO. It requires a PlayStation emulator, and it requires <laughs> a PlayStation BIOS. To I'm plug physically into feeling pain yeah. right now. You but believe it or not, I was able to find all these things and accomplish this quest in about one hour the other night. And oh, wow. uh, I have applied all the stuff in the right way. And um, I can actually play the, uh, the best possible ideal version of the game at this point on my PC, which is super huh. cool. So that is kinda... uh, that's, that's another thing that I'm going to have to come back and revisit um, from time to time. Sure. Well, very good. Well, folks, uh, I don't know if you know it, but just like we predicted, that was the longest continuous cinematic shot mm. in all of podcast history. We just did it, and you were here along with us for the Game Byte Show podcast, and you'll be here with us again in just a couple of days when we are back to bring you the news, the new releases, special topic of discussion that's going to happen at the top of this week. Uh, you can, uh, in the meantime, find us on social media if you want to tell us about the games that you've been playing. We'd sure love to know. Uh, collectively, we are at Game Byte Show on Twitter. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. And I am at Count Elmdor. You can find our typical host, Legrand Jolly, is at Legrand, L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E. And Jared Red I Dunn, R-E-D underscore I, is our stream guy over at twitch.tv slash Show. We're just getting to the end. I think we're so close, so close to the end of Dreamfall Chapters, which is an excellent adventure game uh, capping off a long-running and storied you series. You guys are going uh, ham on <laughs> Dreamfall Chapters. Super ham, ham. super ham. Uh, and if you have missed our ham Dreamfall chapters, you can actually find the archives of that over at youtube.com slash show. Lots of good stuff over there, including all the other games that we've played. And we'll get into some other games here pretty quick. We like to play lots of fun stuff. Who knows? There may be a uh, Fortnite Battle Royale four-man uh, four, four affair Squad going on massacre. here. Before two, that's right. We're all going to die super fast uh, is what's going to happen. Uh, so look forward to that. Subscribe to us over at Twitch. Subscribe to us at YouTube. Or find us on the web at www.gamebyteshow.com. Check out our archives of all of our podcasts. Send your friends over there. Send your enemies. Send your squaddies because you're going to need something to listen to while you play 25 consecutive missions in Fortnite. Uh, it's just what you need. Uh, folks, until the next time, this has been your Game Byte Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Peace.